All right, and welcome back to the Dented Buck. My name is Drew. As always, I'm joined by Josh and Dirk. Boys, how you doing? I'm doing good. Do you you realize you're doing an intro for your own episode? That's the weirdest. How you doing? I say so many good things about myself at the end of this. Yeah, we're gonna have to ask you some deep questions about how you you know how you feel about yourself and stuff like that. So how do you feel about being in the hot seat this time? <laughs> for starters. Yeah. No, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> No, I thought it was good. I thought you did great. Yeah. Really hazy a little uh, bit. So. <laughs> a little bit. What else can you expect? Um, no, it was interesting. Uh, I'm glad that it's done and over with, and now I'll never have to do one again. But, oh, there'll uh, be a repeat. There's going to be a part two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's hope not. I don't think anyone wants to hear my voice that much for, for an hour. No, um, we all get it after dark episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, we're, you know, we were doing it for like, we did Josh's a couple weeks ago and we did mine, Dirk, you've been on the show. Um, and we're really doing it to get our story. So we have some, you know, clips so that we can, well, one, so we can get our story out because people have asked. Um, but two, we can use these clips in, fundraising for things like giving Tuesday and uh, any other kind of drives that we're doing. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is a lot of good fundraising comes from personal stories and being able, having the platform and being able to give ours here, uh, I think definitely can, can help us out in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Uh, But I'm really excited because when this episode gets released, we will be playing in the St. Louis Dog Bowl, the Gateway Dog Bowl, uh, down in O'Fallon, Illinois. Uh, so today, the day it would be released is Friday, uh, what, October 8th? Yeah. 7th. 7th. 7th on Friday. 7th, yeah. So Saturday, the 8th, October we'll 8th. We'll have uh, our first game at 8.15 in the morning. That one will not be broadcast. Um, our second game will be at noon. That one will be live streamed. Um, we'll have a link in the uh, information for this uh, podcast release. And then we will be playing in the Blind Showcase game at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, and that will be the Dented Pucks traveling team. Uh, facing off against the St. Louis Dog Nation team, and they'll be wearing goggles that will simulate some of our vision. Um, we're not obviously not going to make them like total blind and throw them out there, but we are going to, uh, you know, try and make some of it. Maybe one eye lens is blacked out, or uh, whatever you know we decide to to do with them. But it should be a great time. Um, Dog Nation is is a really awesome organization. We had Jared and Johnny on uh, last week. And uh, can't say enough good things about the fact that they are are championing champion championing. Wow, nice. that, is a, that is a hard word. Uh, th- but they're you know they're lifting blind hockey up and trying to get us more exposure and awareness in the community. And um, you know we can't really ask ask for much more from those guys because they've been an, an awesome support since we met them in Silverthorn. Um, Josh, what do you think is going to be different for us? I mean, we've done the Colorado Dog Bowl where we were volunteering. Um, you got what, you and Adam both played a game, right? Uh, me and Adam both played a game with them. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think we um, I I think we compete, and even Jared, who knows us, has said we should compete with these these guys um, in our division. Uh, I think if we can get some offense together, we'll be we'll be good. We got a bunch of very high level defensemen on our team, <laughs> as as we as Dirk and I talked about before. We've talked about it before too. Um, but I, I think really, I think we're going into this event as the reason, not not the reason that people sign up for the event, but like we are the like the the reason the the real charity part there that people want to see. So like, it's going to be about spreading the game and showing that we're normal people. Um, and all of, and almost all of this is on Blind Sports Day, which makes that which we did not do on purpose. And if you know any of us, you know there's no way we could have planned this this well. And Jared either didn't. He's none of us are that good to plan this out this well. But it came out perfectly. Um, so celebrate blind sports. If you're listening to this Friday or Saturday after it was released, celebrate blind sports night with us, um, and end the blind sports week uh, by watching blind hockey. And we should be playing against uh, at least one uh, St. Louis Blues alum too. We are gonna have to make pretty severely blind, even the playing field. Yeah, he's bl- he's blackout. We'll give we'll give him the Kevin Brown special. <laughs> he, he, yeah, but if we if we give him the Kevin Brown special and call it blackout, someone's gonna go blackout. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited. I and it'll be interesting to be on kind of the other side of dog bowl a dog bowl by getting to play and kind of participate and be immersed in the community so um dirk this will be your first time with the dented pucks but yeah. i mean when was the last time you played with the regular puck like um a, a i played with it i mean i played i did some pickup hockey um i actually scored in the last time i actually went i actually went with um coach nick from the washington dc team a couple of years like two no yes last year last winter i believe yeah, I went and played sighted uh, pickup hockey a few t- half a dozen times last season. Um, right. I got lucky. They they tried to clear the puck out of the zone. I was the third guy coming in the zone, and all of a sudden the puck hit me in the chest. Never saw it. Hit me in the chest, dribbled down my stomach, and then I knew exactly where it was going to go. So I put my stick so it would, because I'm still moving forward towards the net. I just crossed the blue line when it hit me, and it dropped down on my stick, and I just ripped it, and I didn't, I couldn't even see the net at that point. And all of a sudden, I heard Coach, Coach Nick came over and went, "Dude, you just got that." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> cool." So I get the puck on my stick. I can still shoot that thing. I just, I can't see it. Um, you you know, we have to play. We're going to have to play like dirty neutral zone trapped '90s hockey to win this tournament, right, boys? <laughs> oh yeah. Dirk, oh. Dirk's playing left. Dirk's playing a left wing lock. I'm going Cam Neely mode, man. That's all. Like, I'm carrying that puck. I'm just going to carry it. If people step in the way, that's on them. But I just suggest you guys get out and everyone gets out of the way. And I'm just going to. And we're all going to have a good time and have friendly <laughs> fun because this is a charity tournament. Oh, yes, and we of love course. Yeah. No, the, the <laughs> Cam Neely light. No, dude, it doesn't. It, none of this matters because the game I play with Jared's team where um, uh, the it was one of the other dogs teams, and they had a guy, they had a guest on their team who was getting a little chit. Like, it wasn't even. It was, The game was kind of lopsided, and, like, you know, the guys that were on Jared's team, they were still taking it easy. But they were getting hacked at and chippied on by this one guy. And Jared just looks at me. He goes, 
this is awkward. <laughs> and I just burst out <laughs> laughing, and I'm like, dude, who is that? And he's like, it's just one guy. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because if it was a whole team, it would be, it'd be, it'd be really yeah. awkward. If it's just one guy... Yeah, like it's it's not it's not like that. It's no, like I'm aggressive, who, but I don't. I'm yeah, like, yeah no. I'm not gonna get. I don't get that chippy with my. I don't use my stick anyway. But no, you only hurt yeah. you only hurt people when you don't mean to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so maybe maybe it is a good warning, guys. You should watch out when Dirk's on the ice. He's number eight. Number eight. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> if I get the puck, just seriously, just step aside. Let me do my thing. And it's better for everybody. <laughs> number eight in your program, literally through your heart. <laughs> no, come on, guys! I'm not that bad. I just, I just can't see what's straight ahead of me. So if you're in front of me, you are in the danger zone. That's right, sir. If Dirk gets coming on you one on one, don't stay in front of him. Yeah, if you want to attack me, come from the side, man. Because I'll see you. It's the it's the Dirk Morgan mind game. <laughs> You're gonna, no one's ever going to want to play blind hockey in our sport again. Now they're going to be like, ah, oh, that Dirk. No, we'll just have to shun you. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah, shun yeah man. Shun. Sorry, man. I'll tone it's it down for you guys. I'll go easy on you. I mean, as it is, yeah, I catch yeah. you guys half the time and cradle you to the ice. I mean, what more do you want? Sir, uh, you've never knocked me down except that first one. Yeah, I've never had no, to cradle he, you. You're a he, big guy. I would, he, if I tried to cradle you, I'd throw my back out. But I, I'd probably. <laughs> <laughs> that was but, that was unintentionally bad. <laughs> you caught me once, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Uh, like, I didn't man. want you to fall, and I'm like, "Thanks, Dirk." You were tipping over backwards, and all I could see is someone falling on the back of their head, and I'm like, "Oh, that hurts." <laughs> so I just I just put my hand back there and. Put you, you know, grab you by the shoulder and set you back upright. That's all. I'm just gonna become a reflex now. I hit people and put them back upright. So. You should stop having that be a reflex. Yeah. yeah you should kind of stop that against Canada. Well, no, I go into except, beast mode except for Canada. You then, do, I you the, both... then I end up in the box two or three times, and I'm like, okay, I got to tone it down just a little bit. And, and you're gonna I don't hit go one of the, the Canadian guys, and you're gonna grab him. You're both gonna be like, sorry. Yeah. Well, sometimes I do apologize to the Canadians only because I don't know what color I just ran into at the time I say sorry. I mean, but we all do it because a lot of them are unintentional. We And nobody likes getting clocked when they don't expect to get clocked. Yeah. We know that. Like, doesn't matter yeah. how big you are. Nobody likes getting rocked when you can't see it. And for some of yeah. us, we can't see anything. So, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, and, and this is the end of the disclaimer. He, he's a gentle giant. Yeah. I'm just, a nice just, guy, really. Yeah, yeah. Just he's you take a look at him. It's your choice to go into the corners with him. My wife says I'm a big teddy bear, so I don't know. yeah. I mean, you, but but dude, you look at you and you go into the corner with you, and like you said about Max, you didn't expect you expected him to bail. I did too. I didn't think that's why I didn't a, slow down. And it's a decision. <laughs> it's a decision to go into the corner with you, and everybody yeah. at this tournament should know better. And there's nothing to do with your vision. You go into the corner, and you're a hockey player because there's nothing to do with vision in the corner. Yeah, it's just no, physicality. I'm, yeah, I'm going in the corner hard, and if you want to join me, you're welcome. But yeah, that's, that's my the preview for Dirk's episode right there. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know how this got into it. Let's all defend Dirk's way of playing. Uh, I don't either, <laughs> man. I'm like on the ropes here, Drew. You got Whoa. you got real sensitive there, my friend. Yeah. I I'll just wrap it up. It's fine. Yeah, uh, you want to wrap it up for your own episode? Yeah, it's uncomfortable already. <laughs> <laughs>
right. I can do it. You don't want me to do it, Drew? No, it's fine. I got it. Okay. No. I got it. We got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really, just because this is Wait. your episode, Wait. we're leaving all of this in. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, one way or the other, I am excited to get down to St. Louis and, and play. It's it's really awesome because it's the first time that we're going to have the Dented Pucks as a full team. Um, we've played in pond hockey tournaments since, up to this point, so it'll be cool to uh, really show off our, our talent and, um, you know, have some fun. Now, now everyone gets to listen to me talk more. Uh you guys were did really good with uh, asking the questions, and hopefully, I didn't ramble too long about too much. But um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for everyone that's going to listen to this whole episode. But thank you for sticking around if you do till the end, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Enjoy the intro. You guys are going to have to give me half a second. That was the front bell, and it just rang. <laughs> Doc's going on. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Amazing timing. <laughs> What he doesn't know is this is how we're starting the episode, everybody. So this this is like uh, you ever seen uh, who's seen Big Daddy when when he uh, when he walks and he's like, "We wasted the good surprise on you." <laughs> this is it. So he's not gonna expect it. He's gonna walk in and then we're gonna start. But this is actually the real start. Yeah, sounds good. What he also doesn't know is I sent him a package that was supposed to arrive right now. Oh, really? you imagine that. <coughs> no, not at all. But if I did, it'd be pretty damn good. <laughs> Actually, no, it's funny. is the Square POS system did get there yesterday. So oh, okay. unless we order something else. And the polos that I can't get stitched are getting here tomorrow. Five minutes later. What is the impact zone? That sounds like fun. Whatever it is. Talking about a nuke? No, it's the place is the impact zone. It's the sponsor. It's it's the sponsor St. Jude's. I just don't know what the impact oh, zone oh. is. What is the the impact? Just the I'm, I'm intrigued. What is the impact zone? It's in Norwood. That's great. A gym specializing in training and group fitness. Oh. That's uh, not. I'm, I'm a lot less intrigued now. I wanted to like run into like <laughs> the smash shit. Damn, that's where we cut it. Oh my god! The only thing FedEx person in the world that doesn't just leave a package at the door. He's like, hello, sir. <laughs> make you sign for it. Never that, do a that's it. <laughs> Did he make you sign for it? <laughs> Uh, it is the blind hockey showcase patches. Nice. Ooh, How nice. they look? Good. So I kind of did technically send him a package. <laughs> yeah, you did. <coughs> Sweet. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Dirk, you're the host. Oh, I was waiting for him to say one, two, three. I didn't know we were on. Oh. <laughs> Are we ready? I I'm think sorry. we're recording. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm ready. Sorry. Man, we're really good at this. Yeah, it's just I'm us. sorry, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> it's hard to get professional when there's nothing. You know what I mean? All right, sorry. <clears throat> there's no reason to be professional. <laughs> like I'm sat in an ice rink. How much more professional can you get? Right. All right, here we go. 
All right. Hey, Drew. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's uh, weird to be on this side of the the show. Yeah, you're in the hot seat tonight, buddy. It's your night. How do you feel? <laughs> it uh, feels like we should have somebody else here. <laughs> no, man. This is your seat, man. You deserve to be here. People want to know your story. So, All right. So let's dive right in. Um, my first question to you is, uh, when did you start? Uh, How did you get into hockey? Uh, how did your love of hockey begin? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my aunt and uncle, who uh, are actually my godparents, uh, the my aunt worked for the Dallas Stars front office when I was growing up. And so uh, I always remember they had a team signed jersey hanging in their living room with an Andy Moog hockey stick, uh, which he was a Bruin too, wasn't he? Uh, what's his name again? Boiler. Boiler. Uh, that that sounds familiar. I think he was an Oiler as well. All right, go ahead. Um, I'll do. I'll do the look up. <laughs> but Andy Moog was like my first. Oh, the first Andy player. Moog. Yeah, he was a goalie. To. Yeah, he was our goalie in the yeah. 90s, early nineties. Yeah, ninety one. I think. Yeah, he was with the Stars when they moved to Dallas. So, oh, okay. um, he was like the first player I latched on to and then I found Mike Madonna very soon after that and uh, he became my favorite player but um, I mean no, we, I, they, we got the three real correct answers Edmonton Boston Dallas then oh no no Edmonton Boston Dallas and then wa- 37 games in Montreal oh okay alright um so my uncle took me out into a parking lot and taught me how to rollerblade because they both played pickup hockey in Texas. Um, and yeah, from there, you know, coming, we moved up to uh, the Chicago area and uh, it was definitely a more accessible sport in Chicago than it was in Dallas. Yeah. So uh, one year I just picked it up and the only stipulation from my mother was no goalie. So huh. started playing hockey and just kind of fell in love with it. They thought I was a righty for the first year that I played. So I was just awful. Like couldn't stick handle, couldn't shoot, couldn't pass. I didn't actually score until I was a peewee. Hmm. So I, uh, yeah, I was not very good. In the well, it's because normally in the beginning they well, give you a, they so. give you a straight <laughs> stick with no, with no curve and you see which side you tend to to favor, you know what I mean? So because you started a little later, I guess they just assumed you were one or the other. But huh. Yeah, um, I was actually really lucky. The person that lived on the second floor of the apartment that we lived in was a hockey player and ended up being my coach for the first four or five years. Nice. And uh, so he took us to play it again sports, got me all into my equipment. And I feel like the same thing happened with uh, Danielle when she first started playing is that it felt right to be, you know, to hold a stick right-handed until I got on the ice and started actually using the puck. Um, so I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh, it felt like I thought I was righty and definitely, uh, definitely am not. Yeah. I think I might know what my problem is. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you have a lot of problems, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's an episode. It all stem. It all stems from the fact that I've been. I should be a lefty my whole my whole career, right? <laughs> Maybe lots of problems all stem from that. That's funny. 
Yeah, we'll say we'll say that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> and so, when you played um, in Chicago as a, as a young man, were you, um, were you what would you what position did you play? Defense forward. What was your position? Uh, I played center. Oh, nice. I played center all the way through high school. Uh, high school is where I kind of played half and half. Um, but I really like taking faceoffs. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when I was a younger man, I, I could skate forever. Yeah. So I didn't have any issues with, you know, running out of gas. Oh, the or, good old days, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I, I had wheels on me, yeah. dude. But uh, not... I, I feel like I still have that. It just takes me a little bit longer to get to that yeah. speed. Now. Yeah. The problem is doing the stop um, and go because then you just got to get a, stop the momentum and get going in another direction. Yeah, man. Especially playing against guys like Brock. Yeah. You know, those guys are quick yeah. and Max Shear. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. No, you got to be able to, you got to be able to stop and go and move. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a fast game. Yeah. But we still give the kids, we still give the kids a run for their money though, so <laughs> yeah, make them work. Absolutely, they're, they're catching us though, real quick. I mean, a lot of them they're, they're in better shape than me, but I still got the hockey IQ and the, the physical ability to get and rub them out of the play still. So as long as I can catch them, but uh, <laughs> pretty soon I won't even be able to do that. But uh, you know, we're still we're still chugging. Um, so how did yeah. you um? What, how did you lose your vision? When what age did you start losing your sight? Yeah, so I was uh, in my late twenties, and you know, it was it was one of those situations where when I was growing up, I'm I'm a type one diabetic, and when I was a teenager, I wanted to do the same things that all my friends were doing, eat the same things. I didn't want to be seen as different in any way, and uh, because of that, I didn't take very good care of myself, and. Just, I, I feel like you, you hear this more often than not, but just as I was finally starting to make those changes and adjustments to my life that would help with the diabetes, that's when everything kind of caught up with me. And so uh, I had retinal detachment in both eyes. Um, I think it was four surgeries on the right eye, seven or eight surgeries on the left eye to try and save it. Uh, and at the end of the day, I was left with a bunch of scar tissue in the right eye and uh, the left eye is basically a placeholder. So that, that was it. And it was over the course of like six months. So it was pretty, pretty quick from seeing everything to seeing almost nothing. And, re <laughs> so, and retinal detachment was caused by the diabetes or is it just a coincidence? Oh, yeah. I, didn't think it, I, I knew so, it diminished vision, uh, but I didn't know it did it. Is, is that what diabetic retinopathy is? <laughs> ding ding uh, okay. um, yeah so the, the thing is it's like the it, it just causes inflammation and a buildup of fluid in the the mm -hmm. eye that just pushes the retina off and so the way i noticed something was going off was um i was working at an art store and i was the inventory manager so i was going through a spreadsheet and in the top right corner everything kept bubbling so I, everything would be straight. And then all of a sudden I'd get to this one point in my eye and everything would start to bubble and curve. So I was like, okay, I, I need to go see an eye doctor. And I went in to see an optometrist and she's like, oh, you've got some fluid in your, your eye, but you know, that's, that's relatively normal. It, it should go away. And so I was 
like, oh, okay, it's something that's gonna gonna disappear, and uh, it didn't. <laughs> so I I was at at work again, and it came. It, I noticed it more. It was a lot bigger. I'm like, okay, let's. I need to go see an ophthalmologist. So I went in, and they're like, you need to see a retina specialist right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so in that same visit, they took me over to the retina specialist and. Uh, she said, you know, we need to get in there with laser treatment. Um, we need to try and save them, uh, save your retinas. You're at severe risk of them popping, basically. Uh, yeah, so I started every Wednesday going to the ophthalmologist and getting laser treatment. Um, it seemed like everything was getting stable. I actually went to this thing called Jump School Uh in in this time frame um where you go and learn how to jump out of world war ii era airplanes and full equipment um so that was a really cool experience to have before before i started losing all my sight um but one day i was cleaning the bathroom and i bent over and i noticed this like black streak pop across my vision and i was like that's that's really odd and uh wasn't going away but it wasn't really like moving and so i slept on it and woke up and it was just completely fogged over because my uh retina had started to detach and there was blood in my oh my god dude wow wow (laughs) so yeah so i went to i went to the doctor like well the good news is it's not a retinal tear so you know we can probably save it but um you know the bad news is you have a detached retina and that was my right eye that was the first one Mm -hmm. And uh, there, I went in for surgery, had to get it, uh, the blood removed. Like this, it was just a whole process. Yeah. And the with the left eye, the the problem was that the retina just wasn't sticking when they'd go in to, to work on it. And um, so they put a buckle on it. They did uh, cataract surgery on it. They did all this work on the left eye, which is really funny to me because it's the one that at the end of the day is gone. Yeah. Too um, much scar tissue. Probably. But yeah, I, I feel like, um, and I, obviously I'm not a doctor, but I feel like my doctor was in such a rush to try and save it that there wasn't enough time to heal in between surgeries. Right. And so it's just like, mm-hmm. You're just continually opening the same wound over and over and over again, expecting it to heal in a different way. And it just wasn't going to do yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, I, I went through So there's nothing at all in the left eye or just a little bit of light? Nothing, nothing at all. I get the weird, um, I, I was doing, I went to an, opth- optom- op- blah, blah, an ophthalmologist uh, and he was doing the, the light perception yeah. thing. And I swore I saw something in that left eye. And he's like, okay, well, let's try this again. And and he walked away and he had me cover the right eye. And he was like, okay, we're going to try. And I'm like, no, I, I can't see anything. And Danielle was telling me that when he said that he was walking away after he had me cover my right eye, he was just continuously flashing the left, the, the light into my left eye since I thought I'd seen something. But like, Obviously, I didn't see a single thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much gone. It, I th- think he said that it's because um, there's still an 
eye in there. Sometimes it just kind of like, I don't know, like charges the optic nerve or like there's a flash of something yeah, going through there. That a little you might flash see, of information. But... Yeah. Distorted, whatever. Yeah. But nothing yeah. you can rely so, on basically. No. And it's, uh, sometimes I feel like I get, uh, like shadow, like, Oh, it's bright out or, Oh, it's dark out. But I, I think that's a lot of just in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You still, um, when you lose enough vision, your eyes start to like fill in the blanks. You know what I mean? It thinks it sees whatever and it'll kind of, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah so that was and and that was it so i'm i feel pretty lucky though all things considered that mine isn't degenerative i mean there's obviously there's always a possibility that you could have a retinal detachment again but as far as just like vision going i should be pretty stable moving forward that's good that's quite a journey to go on man um and later in life too i think it's harder to lose vision later on in my opinion uh um, that's coming from somebody that lost it yeah. early, so it's just normal for me. But. Yeah, well, I, I think that um, I was really lucky that my parents, uh, one, I was lucky that I'm an only child, so what were they going to do? They don't have any alternatives. Um, but two, like my parents were really uh, supportive in the entire process. Danielle was super supportive. In the, like I was really lucky that my my village was very strong and was able to like kind of help keep me, keep me good. Yeah. So, okay. So then my, my last uh, question is be two parts to it, I guess was two questions, I guess, but they're quick is um, how did you hear about blind hockey? And when you first heard about it, what was like your initial uh, impression of what you were going to be walking into when you went there? Yeah, uh, I actually uh, found blind hockey while searching for blind sports in general. Um, I had heard there's actually a news report on beatball. Um, and then when they were talking about beatball, one of those players was also a goalball player. So this was four, three or four years after all the surgeries. And uh, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something blind hockey like somewhere someone has made something for visually impaired people to play this sport and uh, i actually found the toronto ice owls first um but then doing some more digging i was really lucky the chicago blackhawks sponsored a blind hockey team and uh i think you know like josh and i'm sure the majority of the older guys that get into this, I reached out as like, how can I help? What can I do? Um, I assumed it was an all youth program. Um, and she asked, you know, are, are you blind? You know, have, do you, have you skated before? And that's when I got the, the notification, like, well, you can actually play the, the game instead of just, you know, being on the sidelines and, uh, I was definitely hesitant. I think, you know, like everybody else, I thought it was just going to be a bunch of blind guys out there poking at yeah. a puck. Um, but I I was also really lucky that Luke Miller is a Blackhawk. So my first practice was getting to see that kid fly around and, you know, play better than most of the guys I played with in high school. And uh, so I knew pretty quick that, that it was just hockey with very minimal alterations. Um, yeah. And, uh, nice. yeah. 
and now here we are. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, great. I really appreciate you sharing uh, sharing your story with us, and uh, I'm going to pass the puck along to Josh. And uh, oh yeah, I already started interrupting, right? The first, yeah. the first chance that I already interrupted somebody. Sorry, let, let me do this again. Thank you, Dirk. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I didn't interrupt this time. All right. <laughs> oh, man. So I, if you didn't listen to my episode, the the the, the introduction between us was, was as funny as like, it was like, I'm like, oh, man, look, another dude just getting back on the ice for the first time. And uh, <laughs> um, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, I know Drew's injuries so well now that when he goes down and people are like, oh, no, I was like, I was like, and he went off the ice. And I was like, what happened? They're like, oh, no, he was just slow. And I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> But um, yeah. so let's fill in that gap. So between um, between you finding blind hockey and I uh, getting in getting injured, which which knock on wood has been your only real serious injury, um, since then, uh, what uh, can you give me that timeline? What did, what did you do up until getting injured in that rehab before we found each other? Uh. Man, which injury are we talking so, about? The so, you, so yeah. when did you find blind hockey? When was that? Uh, 2019, 20, mm, 2018, the end of the 2018-2019 season, I went to the very last Blackhawks practice. Um, and then over that summer, I just worked out with my mom, skated as much as I could, and... Uh, got ready for what 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 is now the blind hockey classic and what was the blind hockey summit uh in minnesota in 2019 and when was that and that was when was that in 2019 uh dirk do you remember i think it was like uh, september or october Probably like uh, the well, end of august the same time. august like 23rd we talking about uh oh. talking about the tria the minnesota first minnesota yeah. event right in 2019 yeah it was yeah. like in late august yeah. almost september yeah okay yeah okay yeah because the state fair was still yeah. there so whenever that is that's that's when we were in minnesota <clears throat> that's that's my darby hendrickson story that was my first experience with blind hockey oh oh so, oh so that's it so you were you were more of a pylon so honestly actually darby probably ran you over then Sir, I was not a pylon. I had two goals and two assists in that game against them. One of them was to Mr. Timmy Caputo. Oh. That's that's where I met Timmy for the first time. And the, everybody's still, everybody's blind when you try to catch try to catch Timmy for the first time. <laughs> Luckily, he was on my team, so I didn't have to worry about catching him. I wor- had to worry about getting him. The isn't that, that helps? That's what... isn't that where we met Nick and uh, Dan Tram? Or was not okay. Yep, and Adam Adam Young. That nice. was, was that the first time for all of you. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, all good. You were rehabbing that that video that you posted. It was like first time back on the ice, wasn't it? Something like that. I mean, I had a bunch of injuries in high school that 
that I just didn't really take care of until before getting back into blind hockey. Um, I hurt my back pretty bad senior year. I blew out my knee. Um, and so definitely getting back on the ice, you feel getting back on the ice at 32, you definitely feel all of that a lot more than you did when you were 19. Okay. See, see if you, if you, now you have to go back to my episode where he made me feel bad for thinking I was like, cause when I saw his, he, I saw a video, it was like blind hawk. And I was like, wait, dude, is this guy like blind and plays hockey? He was like back on the ice for the first time. And I was like, oh man, I should reach out. Like this dude, like I, cause it was, oh, it was something that was, that was back on the ice for the first time that season. You still, you still thought I was brand new out of the package, baby ducking that on the ice. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't far from it, was I? I mean, you, you had, you definitely had already plowed it for an NHL alum. So I, I guess, yeah, no. <laughs> and look, I took a hit from Dirk Morgan like a champ that that tournament too. With a bum hip. Really? I don't remember hit. I don't. I, so, I don't remember uh, meeting you that. You time. you had a bum hip and knee, or Dirk had a bum hip and knee. I had I had a bum hip and knee. That I man, I that was like the perfect storm for for me. I was playing forward in the first game, and I was chasing down the puck. And I just you know sometimes you're trying to cut that corner and you just slip out. And I just slipped out, and in trying to get myself back up, I straight-legged into the boards uh, and just jammed my hip and my knee real bad, Um, which, funnily enough, got me to – they let me play defense because of that, so that was cool. I got That's where I met Kevin Brown and Belding. Um, And, yeah, Dirk, you you, – you didn't see me because you ran directly over me and then circled back and said, I am so sorry. I didn't even know you were there. Oh, because you, you, you were on the <laughs> ground when I clipped you? Because if you're down low, I usually won't see no. you. No, I wasn't oh. on the ground. I was standing oh. up and Not- you came directly <laughs> over top wow. of me. He was on the ground after you clipped <laughs> him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but if I if I told you I never saw you, that literally meant like I didn't mean to hit you at all. If I just say sorry when I do hit you and I don't say anything else, it meant that I didn't mean to hit you that hard. So that's how I communicate. I don't, I don't believe you, but for the upcoming, for the upcoming games, we'll say that that's true. I I think that you do it on purpose, but I'll keep that to myself. (laughs) Well, I I apologize if I gave you a bad impression of blind hockey. We'll we'll see if that works. The same thing for the Canadians. If they're sorry, the same as your sorry, (laughs) because your sorry is very similar. Well, sometimes I say it because I'm not even sure what color they are. I don't even know if it's a ref that I've run into or, or you know, whatever. So it just pops out normally. If I didn't, if I didn't see them at all, I, I can't help it. It just pops out. <laughs> oh man! So, um, <laughs> so that's the story of how we met. Was after after I decided to hop on Instagram, we uh, we met on there and we started talking. Because I mean, this was two guys that played hockey and it was different from what I had around my team. Um, and, uh, we started talking about a a lot of different things. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, and getting towards, uh, the next step through talking and through learning about each other, we had the pandemic. Um, 
why don't you tell me about your experience on uh, Cody's podcast? Because now we're we're a couple episodes after Cody, too. Because that really is what kicked off the whole other level of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, Cody, Cody found me on Instagram and, you know, invited me on the show. And it was just... Um, there there is it's very difficult to try and like help grow a new sport as we all know and to have someone like cody reach out and have interest not only in me as a player but in us as a community um was really cool and it it definitely um was something that i needed because i i I don't know if anyone's going to believe me when I say this, but of the two of us, I'm definitely not the talker of this foundational partnership that we have. Um, but I like hearing everyone's stories and I think that they're very important to, to get out. And so being on a show with Cody who had been through something so traumatic and still had this like passion for the game and, the players and and everything that is involved with it was just really cool to be a part of. And uh, I think what it was probably right after I got done doing it, maybe, maybe a day or two after that I reached out and I'm like, we need to do this for, for our guys. We need to do this for blind hockey. And uh, (laughs) do you, do you remember the first episode that that no one has ever heard (laughs) when we tried to like, we, Guys, we, we, so originally, uh, it was me, Tony and Josh and, uh, Tony had been a little hesitant the first time. And so Josh and I were just like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna try it. And so we sat down and, um, we used to use this program called Craig on discord that, comes in really loud and announces himself and then drops suddenly for random reasons. Um, (laughs) But we, we talked for probably 45 minutes in that first podcast. And then first off, it was just really messy. And second off the audio just was destroyed when we got it. So we spent all that time trying to put something together and uh, just completely failed. And I, I think we're doing much better now than we, than we were at the very beginning of office. I mean, we still we still memorialize every first episode of the season by completely botching it. We still screwed like something screwed up, didn't it? Like we've been awesome this season, but you know, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Oh man, and then so, then see you have. You have to take credit for the showdown when you should. When you have to tell everybody when you first wanted to start doing the showdown because it's a lot earlier than people think it is. Yeah, so I <clears throat> so my first full season in blind hockey would would be 2019-20 which was COVID. Well, right before COVID. I think I got most of a season in before COVID hit. Um, and one thing that I, you know, playing high school and, and growing up playing the sport, you play a lot of games, like you practice a lot, obviously, but you play a lot of games and that really helps develop the hockey sense and kind of positional awareness and all that, that fun stuff that's just become second nature to a lot of us. 
there's not, unfortunately, because our community is so small, there's not a lot of opportunity for, you know, just a game between New York Metro and Chicago Blackhawks blind because logistically it's just not possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yet. Yet. But um, with that in mind, and, you know, the, the tournaments are great. The, you know, the Disabled Fest is awesome. The Classic is a great event. I'd like to think that the showdown is added to that in that same vein. Um, but I originally approached Coach Mike and uh, some of the Blackhawks member uh, leadership members to do like an all-star game <clears throat> that was basically the a red and what I've fondly called a pink division. You know, those guys that could be in red or just about ready to get into red and, you know, still have a little, a couple of things they need to learn, but do, do sort of like an all-star event style where it's East versus West. And you just, you play three or four games and you, it, it helps with the hockey sense. It helps build the camaraderie. It also allows us to put it on YouTube and social media and really showcase the ability of our players and, and prove that, you know, hockey is for everyone and we are good at what we do. Um, and so that was the original idea. It was like an all-star format, do a skills competition of some kind, try and get like a Blackhawks alumni game versus team USA, like we did in uh, Minnesota and then COVID hit. <laughs> and um, it, it, I don't want to say it, killed it it just kind of put like everything else it put it into hibernation and uh so that was that was prior to covid was when i first approached approached them to to put on a tournament um and then covid hit and it was one of those that all of our events kept getting canceled and pushed back and canceled and pushed back and we we just knew that it was it was the time uh covid was in one of its downward spirals and spirals, downward slopes, whatever you want to call it. Um, Spiral works too. And (laughs) but you know, it was, I think that it was really needed for our community at the time, especially because we hadn't been able to be together for, you know, luckily for the U S guy, the guys that go to like the Hendrickson, we'd been together in February. Um, But for everyone else, the last time anyone had been on the ice together in that kind of format was Minnesota in 2019. So, um, so there, the showdown was born, born out of that. And, um, how the day, it, how the, do you remember the day that, you know, you know, the day the showdown was born, right? Hmm. Do you remember? When? The uh, no. I don't know who which text was one which text was whose, but one of them was it was the day that um, uh, disabled fest disabled fest twenty twenty one got canceled. It was oh, it was yeah. January, and we were like, you had been dabbling, and I was I was like, dude, like we really should do this, like it's really needed. Um, and the day that disabled because disabled fest got canceled early in January. And I don't know if it, I was like, I, one of us was like, did you get the email? And it's like, yes. And I was like, and I don't know who said like, you know what has to happen. It was, it was like, without actually saying it, you know what has to happen? Yes. Yes, I do. And that was basically it. And that's basically how the showdown was born. We had absolutely no idea what we were doing. Um, 
and the first meeting was us standing there st- staring at each other on uh, on screen with the, with um your sister, right? And a bunch of other no. people were like, "How are we even?" Gonna-? And we we had the marketing kind of. We had no idea what else we were doing. Um, yeah, no, that was uh, yeah that first team that we had. Thomas was a part of that. Um, we had we had a what like five or six other people that just kind of fell off. And uh, no, I mean. <clears throat> No, had we ever put on a tournament before? No, like plain and simple. But we are hockey players. We've grown up and gone to enough tournaments, enough events that we know what what we appreciate as players and what we like about tournaments as players. And, you know, we were able to take all of that and put it into a, a nice event that, you know, we just had our second year and. Now we're looking to see if we we're going to stay in Chicago or go somewhere else for a year. And I, you know, I think it's just, we, we did it like, like you always say, we did it the right way. And, um, I think that it shows in, in the product that we put out. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, where do you want, where do you want to go next? You want to, you want to go, you want to go the, uh, you want to go the foundation. Or you want to go the the hockey team. Oh, let's just uh, choose your own adventure. Let's talk. Let's talk about the hockey team. All right. I like, um, I like the hockey. <laughs> man, how how did that get? I mean, besides the fact that both of us keep we're like, dude, we need to start playing people and like putting goggles on them. Like, how did it actually get born? Like, what was what was the what was the conversation that we we're like, all right, yeah, we're going to the pond and playing hockey. Um. It was after the showdown and we had talked to Greg and Mike about dog bowl and all their events. And they're like, Oh yeah, we do this three on three tournament uh, or no four on four. What? I don't even know that they said that they do a pond tournament in Silverthorne in Colorado every year. Uh, and they said, it's a great time. You know, if we can ever make it out there, we should try and, I don't think I think both of us like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then we were just exhausted from doing the first event. So we we were done. And I I think it was a week later where we started. Well, one, we realized that we had to start taking this more seriously, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, we had to be be more professional. It, It had become much more than just a tournament that we put on. Um, but too that was when we had that conversation like how do we really get uh, more visibility for our community and and the the answer is by playing hockey uh and so we looked at all the events and it just kind of worked out that we're like you know you me uh dan tram tony uh you know we knew dan Beatty was out in colorado we're like we've got like we can see well enough that we can play like all of us play with a regular puck and so we could do this and it just from there kind of tumbleweeded to you know we we put on that we put that first team out at uh the winter classic we put another one into uh, the St. Louis Dog Nations Johnny O three on three tournament, um, and we, we still haven't able... and we still haven't played a full tournament yet. <laughs> no, well, and that's the thing. So we we you know we hoped that we would get one for Dog Bowl, but just logistically and timeline wise, 
it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So we we volunteered, and that was an awesome experience seeing how they run their events and the things that they do because I they're they're a fantastic organization and they do a lot of good and it's just cool to to have that kind of insider look at it um but you know the goal was always five on five hockey we're like we can hang in in the pond style tournaments but it's such a small space game and that yeah. For, for a lot of us, it just gets cluttered. You know, you get into the corner and all of a sudden there's three guys on you or you just don't have the space and gapping that you're used to. Um, so that's what we're doing. And man, when this episode releases, we will be in St. Louis getting ready to play our first full ice tournament as the Dented Pucks. Really? Yeah. It's two weeks, man. Wow, it is. All right, nice. Yeah, so, so you, so you, so you can, you're listening to this. You should, uh, you should be tuning in uh, Saturday night if you're listening, watching this right around Saturday night. We'll be streaming live our, our game on YouTube, which I already scheduled, by the way, everybody. <laughs> and it's on the website too. I updated the website, so those, those are those are two new updates. Um, so why don't why don't we talk a little uh, a little small picture, big picture, or short term, long term? what you see us doing as because i mean i guess when we talk about the the team and the foundation it's all kind of the same thing the the team is the idea to to spread the awareness anyway um what do you what do you see what is coming up for our for our team and for um what you think we should be doing in the near future yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about I mean, I feel like we talk about this ad nauseum. Um, so our our main goal is to really start pushing to put training camps out for players, uh, for younger players, especially but obviously any player that's in the area. But um, they're especially in the young guys that are blind and learning hockey that weren't lucky like us to have hockey and then lose vision um learning that hockey sense and positional awareness and you know the things that you really need to know to be successful on the ice um is really hard to teach when you only get them you know so much and especially when they only play games so often um it, it's just something that that's harder to pick up uh, so, you know, our goal is to do more training camps that have scrimmages so people get the opportunity, one, to come together and really bond as a team, um, but two, just get that experience, get the time on the ice doing the things that, that they need to do so that it becomes second nature. Because at, at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that the guys on, you know, the U.S. national team do is just second nature. They know that they need to be pushing crossovers when they're going into that turn to gain the speed, but they need, you know, when they need to long, elongate their stride, where they should be on a breakout, where they should be on a break in, like all these things are just, it's repetition over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I think with our plan, uh, it should be easier to convey because my goal, our goal is to utilize the players that are in the system already, the older players like myself, you, Dirk, Dan Schramm, Adam Young, guys that have this 
the that play the game that are visually impaired and that can teach it in a way that would make sense to a visually impaired person. I love our coaches a hundred percent, but there's definitely, there are times when the way that things get explained to us isn't necessarily conducive to the way that we perceive what's going on. And so if you have an Adam Young or a Josh Schneider, that's a B2 explaining something to a B2 hopefully it makes a little more sense for them as far as how they can process that information and uh, go about the drill or whatever we're doing at the time. Um, I mean, everyone's vision is different, but at least it's the, the levels are the same. Um, no, and so that, sorry to interrupt, but even us, like when we put on Adam's goggles that are four times better and his, it blows our mind that the acuity side of it. And when people ask us like, the little how like the about the, the what we see out of the tunnel vision, it blows their mind. So like even as I mean I I, I was a special ed teacher and I still under have trouble understanding when trying to explain to other players with with acuity issues like what we're doing. So yeah, I yeah. definitely I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and you know we definitely need the coaches. Uh, it this isn't this is augmenting the coaching staff with players that you know. I think at the end of the day, like I said, the training camps are really geared more towards the younger side of the blind hockey community because the older guys are obviously welcome, but a, the good bulk of them have been playing for a while or grew up playing, and so they don't necessarily need to do the drills. Like the U.S. guys, you know, they should be practicing with the U.S. guys as much as possible just because that's the team. They need to have that unit cohesion. But, you know, as far as these training camps, I think that they'd be better – utilized as mentors and teachers to the younger generations to help them grow into the sport. Um, so that's, that's kind of the big picture, <laughs> fine detail version of the training camps. Um, we also want to get out to like abilities expos and just showcase blind hockey, take fake ice, you know, the, the slippery panels, bring a puck, bring a net, let people shoot with it, let people stick handle with it. You know, let them have a little bit of an experience, but also put it into uh, the context of your Abilities Expo to see what is going on in the disabled community. And we are going on in the blind hockey community. And this is something that we want to give the opportunity to every visually impaired blind person that is out there. You know, we want them to at least be able to try it and experience it. Um and at the end of the day, that's that's going to be a big way for us to reach new audiences is by going to these places like what there was one in Houston, Dallas, uh, Tampa, Chicago, New York, you know, so it's it's all around the country. And that's kind of the same purpose of the the traveling team is like we're just trying to get ourselves in as many places as possible to just show what we can do and how we can do it and to hopefully gain more support because at, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to build is a support system for blind hockey that can help us grow and take away some of the, you know, financial burdens that, that this sport brings. Cause we've said it before. I'll say it forever. Hockey is definitely, if it's not the most expensive sport to play, uh, you know what? Maybe horses or anything with horses is probably more expensive than hockey. Yeah, but it's an animal. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean so, are, so are hockey players. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, it's the foundation was set up. I, I, gosh, was it before the showdown where I came here? Like, I want to start a foundation that does training camps and help support blind hockey in whatever way possible. And yours was definitely more geared towards the financial aspect of getting to and from events. And I think mine was more the actual events. And so at the end of the day, it was just kind of the perfect storm of ideas and passion that, you know, got us to where we are right now. And I think the dentist wasn't a dentist puck. Now, man, we got a tournament. We have to start a charity now to do the tournament. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well that, and I mean, I think that's something that anyone that gets into anything like this will run into is that it's just, there's a lot of hoops that you need to jump through and there's a lot of boxes that you need to make sure you check and there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, um, you know, unfortunately sometimes you have to ask for, you know, for not for permission, but you know, whatever, whatever you need to ask, if you can do something and sometimes they're going to say no, but that doesn't mean that you stop pushing to keep doing, doing your thing. So. And, uh, and I'll say it because you wouldn't. Sometimes you, it's better to ask for permission, and sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness. And that's why we are we are both the two parts of this whole machine. Because, uh, well, I, and I think that that's that's the good. That's what balances us out. Because you you are definitely more fiery go getter, and I think I'm more kind of plan it out, think about it systematically and um we definitely butt heads on some stuff but it's all for the good you know it's not like we hate each other because we don't like an idea that we have it's more like okay well we're gonna come back to that idea sooner or later so i'll just hold on to it until we get there (laughs) yeah just don't irritate me before that car ride because we'll uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna make sure you sit in between adam and dirk I'll be leaning on Adam. Poor Adam. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. No, I mean, I think there's just a lot of good stuff coming up for the Dented Puck Foundation. Um, And I I think that the Gateway Dog Bowl is going to be a big event for us. And I think that, uh, you know, we're just going to keep doing our thing and we'll see where the showdown is next year. But, I mean, we're on the right path. That's all we can do. It's all a process. Absolutely, dude. All right, I'm going to send this one back to Dirk because Dirk's got a special question. Oh, boy, yeah, and I've been Ooh. I've been thinking this question up for at least, I don't know, 10, Oh, wait, Josh, minutes. you didn't say it, so I get to say it. Well, Dirk, you better make sure it's a good one. It better be a good one. <laughs> I, boo, I suck. So, well, it was <laughs> going to be a good I was going to ask you where, you, where, where, where we were going to go with the sport and where you wanted to go with it. We kind of Josh covered that with <laughs> So that wasn't a good one. So that was this has got to be a good one. So, so in the last what I don't know five minutes since you started talking about that, I'm like I got to come up with something else. So my question to you is: so first of all, I mean you've done a lot for our sport between starting the Dented Puck podcast, the podcast team, uh, doing the event with the Windy City Showdown. You know, all this takes a lot of time and planning and effort, and you do a lot for us. And in all of your time in blind hockey, what are your, let's just go with your top five. What are your top five moments that either are your favorite or the ones that stand out the most, I guess, or the first five things you think of? 
Oh man, that's hard. Uh, in no in no specific order, uh, of course. I think one of them would definitely. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like I've done this to people, too, where I'm like, tell me your top three favorite things in blind hockey. You're like, that's a stupid question. I have a lot more than that. Uh, one of them definitely has to be getting to wear the USA jersey with number nine on it uh, at that first blind hockey event. Um, like I said, Mike Madonna has been my favorite player since I was a kid. I was also wearing Dallas Stars pants, so it was just like, it, to me, I was geeking out the entire time about it. Um, oh, I get it. Just getting. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what that jersey does to you. Uh, especially, especially when you get to wear your number of your, fav- of your hero. Yeah. yeah, that was the same for me. It was, it was the first yeah. time I got to wear that number, too, actually. I never got to have that number ever until, until I had it for USA. Yeah, you know, I... Getting a little off topic, I wore nine for a while growing up, and then I switched to two because they wanted me to play more defense, and Darian Hatcher was my my original defenseman. Uh, I just love that he, he was that guy that go in the corner and drag two dudes out and still beat them up without without even blinking. Um, but that, that would have to be one. Uh, Getting the invite to the national team training camp, like just the invite was was definitely a, a highlight. Um, it's something that yeah. I didn't know I wanted so bad, but you know, when you get it, you realize like, okay, I really want yeah. this. Um, getting my Blackhawks jersey, mm-hmm. that was really that was really awesome. Um, but no, I mean, I think that I I will say this is probably probably number one uh, is just being a part of the community that we hear it from everyone that we have on the show and it's no different for us, but one finding hockey again, but two finding people that I can commiserate about, you know, daily frustrations or um, things that are scaring me as far as like vision loss or things that I've run into. And, you know, I, I know I always tell stories about Solomon running into stuff, but like, it's only because that was the first time I realized like, it's okay. You know, we're all in the same boat. We're all blind here. Uh, and it, it kind of, it, it also makes me think of um, what KB said to me on the bench when I, I started playing defense. He's like, Oh, so tell me about your vision. And I told him, he's like, and I think I'm a B three. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're blind. Congratulations. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. No, it's, but it, I mean, I think that you, it's it does something for you because you don't you feel know, alone for a lot of us yeah and and for a lot of us we are the only blind person in the room you know when we get yeah. home my there's no one there's no visually impaired people in my family i mean my mom and my dad may say they are cuz they need glasses but you know like this is not this is a unique experience in in the people that i know and that i usually am am around and so to find a to find a community, but to find a community that um, understands you on, on that level, is different. Yeah. Well, and embraces yeah. you, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. We've all had those hockey teams where you're like, Oh man, I do not want to be here. Um, but I've never felt that in any blind hockey locker room. And, you know, just the fact that everyone is so open and friendly to everybody, no matter what, um, that's been my favorite thing about, about all of this. And that's why I want to do whatever I can to help grow it. Cause 
I think everyone should have this opportunity just to meet everybody and, and be involved. Yeah. Well, good. Um, well, I appreciate, uh, again, I really appreciate all your, all, all your answers and answering our questions. And, um, and on behalf of everybody um, in the blind hockey community, uh, we all appreciate everything that you do for us mm-hmm. and everything you do behind the scenes and all the work that goes into planning these events and, you know, putting on the podcast and, and all the scheduling and planning and everything like you do a lot for us. And, uh, you know, we all appreciate it. So um, with that said, um, I guess that's it. So thanks again for your it, time. Is, is, there, is there anyone you want to shout out while you're on here? Uh I would like to shout out the coaches and training staff from the Blackhawks and the U.S. national team. You guys are awesome and definitely help keep me on the ice. Uh, I want to shout out Josh and Dirk for being awesome podcast hosts and always, you know, coming in with a good attitude and especially a big shout out to our producer, Corey, who never gets to say anything on this show because I'm a jerk, but does amazing work to keep us on schedule and on time and, put out a good product yeah. if you want to find us we're on facebook at the dented puck podcast we're also on facebook as the dented puck foundation and the windy city blind hockey showdown so make sure you follow us in all those places and check out us check us out on saturday when we're playing uh the dog bowl team at the blind hockey showcase at the gateway dog bowl i'm also on instagram at blind hawk 33 <laughs> is that enough shout outs that was, that was a, those were some shout outs man there we go. <laughs> All future viewers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, I think you can cut it. You, you probably should have cut it a long time ago. <laughs>